So last night we had our first New City game night. It was hosted by Pete and Ann Dinovic. Uh, it was just so fun. It was such a hilarious and just like riotous fun time together. It kind of felt like somewhat of like a family reunion and whether you were new there for the first time or if you've been a longtime member, it just felt like you belonged. So it was just really fun to be together. And um, it's kind of funny because today my sermon is about community being in it together. Um, it's part of our sermon series, Seven Steps of Spiritual Growth. Um, and so whether you're considering how do I grow spiritually or you are um, been deep into this, I invite you to join us on this journey. Before we begin, can I pray for us? God, I thank you for this community. What a precious gift it is to all of us. Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. So growing up, I moved a bunch. Um, I was born in Jersey City, and I went to PS11, Martin Luther King Jr. School. Um, and in second grade, I moved to Madison, New Jersey. Uh, these two schools were polar opposite. Um, and then following that move, there were other subsequent moves. The most significant moves for me in my you know, K through 12 years happened when over the course of four years in high schools, I moved three times. And there were many factors going on at once, but one of the saving graces of this time were my Christian friends, my Christian community. Uh, because of a few close Christian friends, I was able in the midst of a lot of transition and some crazy stuff, I really felt cared for and seen. The camaraderie and the way that they became the hands and feet of Jesus to me fulfilled for me Galatians 6.2 that says, carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right before my senior year in high school, I was in a major car accident that caused me to be bedridden for two weeks. And then even after missing the first two weeks of my senior year, I was still really weak, but I just I felt like I had to go back to school. So I was still not well enough to carry my own book bag. So as I'm trying to carry my book bag, I would get nauseated and I'd start feeling faint. And my friends would literally walk me to my class, carrying my book bag for me, carrying my burden and making sure that I made it to class okay before they went late to their own class. That kind of witness, that kind of love of people who love Jesus, that shaped me my senior year in high school. It helped me understand and appreciate the importance of community. Maybe you've had a significant community experience as well, people who have come alongside you and loved you regardless of whether you deserved it or not. Where have you felt the love of God, felt love, felt seen, felt included in the family of God? Or maybe you're at a place where you're looking for this. You're looking to belong to a community where you are seen and loved and known. Our scripture today is from Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and it's spoken into a context of believers who really need encouragement and who are being called to persevere in their faith because we know the faith journey can be hard. The, the verse right before the ones that we're focusing on today, it actually says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 
And the next verses point to the importance of holding unswervingly to the hope in community, which is our verses, let us then consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, I, I think I wanna just do a little caveat and say I know we're all super busy. Um, it, it seems like we have this much space for the amount of stuff we have to do, yet we're, we need to do this much. And somehow this much has to fit into this much. But I think something I've learned in life is if it's important, I will make a way. If it's not super important, I usually will make an excuse. And so it is a balancing act, but I'm just processing. If it's important, I'll try to make a way. And if it's not, I may make an excuse. We are social beings and God made us to be in community. Not only was it God's design and intention, but actually there's a lot of scientific evidence now that confirms this fact that we do better, are healthier and happier when in community. In a Harvard Medical School article called uh, Health of Strong Relationships, the author writes, good connection and social support can improve health and increase longevity. Social connections like these not only give us pleasure, they also influence our long-term health in ways every bit as powerful as adequate sleep, good diet, not smoking. Dozens of studies have shown that people who have social support from family, friends, and their community are happier and have fewer health problems and live longer. Conversely, a relative lack of social ties is associated with depression and later life cognitive decline as well as increased mortality. One study which examines data from more than 309,000 people found that lack of strong relationships increase the risk of premature death from all causes by 50%. An effect on mortality risk roughly comparable to smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day and greater than obesity and physical inactivity. Um, there are other researches, re, uh, research out about this. Um, there was a study done by Berkman and Breslow. I don't think I put it in here, but they did a study in the Almeida County that showed greater overall involvement with formal communities like religious organizations or informal friends and family social ties were overall associated with more positive health behaviors over a 10-year period. Um, one last quote. Um, Adults who are more socially connected are healthier and live longer than their more isolated peers. The article describes major findings in the study of social relationships and health and how that knowledge might be translated into policy that promote population health. Key research findings, findings include social relationships have significant effects on health. Two, social relationships affect health through behavioral, psychosocial, and physiological pathways. And this is from the Journal of Health and Social Behavior, August 2011, in an article put forth by D. Umberson and J. Montez. Okay, so there is scientific evidence out there that being in community is better for our mental, spiritual, physical health. So not only does the Bible say this, but you know, science says this too. And I think this is important because I, you know, my background is psychology, and so you know, this is this confirms for me what God has been saying in the Word. Um, one visual that's been really helpful for me as I have sought to become a believer and grow in my spiritual walk is something called the wheel illustration. I believe there are handouts somewhere in the front. And I'm gonna ask somebody to 
maybe pass them around or hand them out. That'd be great. And I'm not going to go too in-depth with this because it could take a long time. But I just want to focus on just a few things about it and why I found it so helpful, almost to be a reminder to me of how I walk with Jesus. So if you look at the diagram, um, you see Christ the center. And then you see in this wheel, there are four spokes. Prayer going upward. The word, the Bible going downward. Witnessing being one arm you stretch out this way, and fellowship or community, the other arm being stretched out this way. What we have to understand about wheels is how do they go? You know, if it was a square, it doesn't really roll. Um, also, if the center is not strong, like Christ the center, if you could imagine like that's your heart, a lot of times maybe in our lives, there have been battles with for what occupies your heart. Um, there's a saying that our hearts are God-shaped vacuums where only God can be. And we can try to put other things in there, but they don't quite fit. So with Christ the center, being the center, the power of this wheel to go, um, you have different ways, looking at the spokes, how we live out Christ being the center. So I'll first, I'm just going to concentrate on witnessing and fellowship today. And if anybody wants to go further with this, feel free to grab coffee with me and I'll explain it more. But just looking at witnessing and fellowship, um, I like the phrase, be the change you want to see. So if you want to see more love in the world, let's try to be the love that's in the world. Because our life, it gives testimony as we live it to our children as they watch to our peers, to our coworkers. Many people experience the love of Jesus because you've offered yourself to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You've, often to hum you've offered to humble yourself or you know, be second in line or let someone else go first. Um, and one thing about witnessing or telling people about Jesus, the way we live says more, I think, than what we say. Um, I, I like the phrase, um, you know, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Um, and another thing about witnessing, it's basically like, how has Jesus affected your life? You know, tell people, has it, has it encouraged you? Has it strengthened you? Has it helped you develop as a person and in your spiritual walk? I keep thinking about like Apple products. My family really likes Apple products. We really like them. And so if I really like someone, I really have no problem telling people about why I like Apple products so much and why I think they're great. Right? I'm a natural witness to why I think they're great. Um, so God gives us the joy and responsibility to tell people about the good news of Jesus. Uh, Matthew 4.19 says, go and be fishers of men. Um, in Romans 1.16, it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then to the Gentile. And, you know, again, why we say New City is a community of grace and truth, it's because in our actions, we are gracious to everyone who come, and in our actions, we love them the best we can. Um, so preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. 
So that's the one arm. The other arm is fellowship, and this is my definition of community. God has directed us as a community to build each other up through loving relationship, encouragement, exhortation, walking with each other when it gets hard. And Hebrews 10, 24, 25 is um, quoted in that wheel illustration. Think about how are you spur spurring one another on towards love and good deeds? Like, how are you making it a priority to meet together, whether it's in your small group or showing up here on Sunday or even checking in on some people here saying, how are you doing? Can we grab coffee? Um, Matthew 18.20 says, For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And you know, maybe it's not just here at New City as you guys are being in small group with one another and walking with one another, but another community that we are a part of is where we live. It's here in Edina, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, Minnetonka, St. Louis Park. One thing that I have been convicted of recently is the verse 1 Corinthians 12, 26. It says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Personally, I have been more made aware of some of the things that are going on in our community, even affecting and, um, some people who go to our church, uh, and also affecting other covenant pastors that I know. Um, I think being Korean American, uh, being second generation, my parents were immigrants from South Korea, being very aware of how that's impacted me, um, how generationally that will impact my children and their children. And um, there's a verse in Ruth, it says, uh, Ruth 1.16, it says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you because her mother-in-law Naomi was like, go back to your people, go back. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And I think I started really taking this to um, consideration of what does it mean that your people will be my people? So even as we look around New City or look around our community, are there people that you kind of struggle to say, your people will be my people, and my people will be your people? Maybe we haven't gone deep or gotten to know them or understand what they're going through. Um, and that's okay, I'm not, this is not an indictment, it's more like if you look around, who do you see around you? For me personally, um, when I processed if it was my children right now going through what some of the um, Cambodian immigrants and refugees are going through right now, um, I would probably respond very differently. If in fact they were my community or my family members, I would definitely respond differently. Um, there's something in the um, ECC, our denomination, called the Sixfold Test, and it's a test that we as a denomination are trying to live more into, uh, being more aware how we are being called to be a family together. Um, one of the P's, it's six P's, is the growing populations around us. How are we aware of the growing populations around us? So for um, this, I actually serve on a board called Covenant Asian Pastors Association, and um, 
This past year, what came to our attention was there was a family um, in California who's related to a covenant church um, where he was a Cambodian refugee. He had survived the killing fields and had come as, you know, to seek asylum and be a refugee here. Um, and he did commit a crime in his teens that was, um, he went to prison, he paid for his crime. And now he's a part of a church and he is, you know, a law-abiding citizen, has family, has kids. But because of a degree, decree that went out, kind of, he was detained and um, taken, into, taken to a different state and just being processed as such. When um, our board of the Covenant Asian Pastor Association heard about this, we stepped into solidarity. We stepped in saying, what can we do? Um, there was a change.org um, petition. There were a lot of, there was some articles written. There was the Asian Law Caucus. So it wasn't just us, but we said, hey, if this was our family member and he is a, has paid his dues, why is he being taken against his will and against the law? Um, I know this is a hard issue, but I'm saying this because we said, alongside with his family, if my people is your people and your people is my people, I'm gonna speak up for you. Um, and his name is Saman, and in November, we learned about this. In October, we learned about this. In November, with a group of many, many people, the governor of California pardoned him. And this was November, pardoned him saying he has paid for his crimes. Um, this was November, he was supposed to be released in three weeks. He was actually just released in January. So it's kind of my way of leaning in saying how in my greater community am I showing up for other family members, other people who might be suffering? Like when one part suffers, do we all suffer? Some markers of real community. One, we journey together. If you can't name someone you know how they're doing spiritually, if you're not journeying with someone in your spiritual walk, consider changing that this week. Consider reaching out to someone and saying, can we pray together or can we walk together? Two, you can challenge one another to be more like Jesus. God's word, reminds us, God's word reminds us that community encourages and pursues God's kingdom together. We refine each other. Two are better than one, and iron sharpens iron. Three, carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2, like the story I gave of my high school experience, how can we carry each other's burdens? Four, we open our eyes to the needs of others. Maybe that's here in New City, Maybe that's in your schools. Maybe that's at your workplace. Look around your community to see who might be in need. Five, we confess our sins to one another so that we might be healed. James 5, 16. This is super hard. I'm going to give you some practical applications, but this is super hard. But I have seen again and again and again when people can come to a safe space with a safe person and confess their sins to one another, I have seen healing. Six, another marker of real community is we love one another as full image bearers of God. We find ourselves in relationship with all kinds of people. And how do we hold each person as just as fully an image bearer as ourself? So some practical applications to consider 
regarding fellowship and community. Very simply, you could consider joining a small group, a couples group. Maybe your couples group hasn't met in a while, you can revamp that. A Wednesday women's group or a guys group here at New City. Two, we've talked about emotionally healthy spirituality before. We've run a small group on that, and we're thinking about doing that again. And if you're interested in that, come talk to me. Also, if you're not in a small group, come talk to me, and I would love to get you connected. Three, a centering prayer group or a group spiritual direction group. Um, it's a different kind of group. You're praying together, um, but this is also a powerful way to engage community. Four, ask God for a prayer partner. Maybe ask God for a spiritual mentor. And five, consider ways you can be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community and abroad. How can we help someone feel cared for and seen? You know, maybe grab coffee or grab a meal. Um, maybe stop in the busyness and when you feel led by the Holy Spirit, I feel like the Holy Spirit opens doors and windows all over the place for us to step into what he's doing all around. Whether that's at the grocery store or, you know, at a gas station, there are so many ways that people really need to be seen and loved by God. And that's where we get to be the hands and feet. Maybe it's just stopping and praying for someone who you can tell could use a prayer. In all these ways, I believe we spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And as we don't give up meeting together, we will encourage one another and walk alongside and hold hands and push each other all the more and as this we see this day that Christ comes again in the Revelation 7 kingdom of every tribe, every nation coming together and worshiping God. Join me in prayer. Lord, you make it clear we are meant to be in community with one another, walking out our faith journey with one another. This is not always easy, Lord. But Lord, teach us to lean in, teach us to carry each other's burdens, to spur one another on. And Lord, remind us not to run away when there's conflict. As it says in Colossians 3.13, help us to bear with each other and forgive one another if we have any grievances against someone. Help us to forgive as God has forgiven us. And it says in John, 1 John 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. Lord, help us to walk in the light as you are in the light. And we are grateful that you began a good work in us and you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen.